Good evening, everyone. I'm Rocky from Curtin University Space Science and Technology Center. And tonight, I'll be your special guest presenter of the Audio Guide to the Galaxy. This week, we're going to hear a little bit about WA's first satellite, BINAR-1, and how it works up there in space. You can listen to this episode anytime, but it might be more fun if you're outside with some space to move around. Make sure you've got this episode downloaded, and once we get started, try to keep your phone screen off so your eyes can adjust to the dark. Before you head outside, make sure you grab some insect repellent, a torch, and a jumper if it's cold. Ready? Let's go. What would you send to space? Spacecraft come in all shapes and sizes. The International Space Station, which you heard about last week, is the size of a football field. The James Webb Space Telescope, which Leon talked about a few weeks ago, is the size of a tennis court. At the end of last year, some students from Curtin University, right here in WA, built and launched their own satellite. It's called BINAR-1, named after the Noongar word for fireball, and it's up there in space right now. So I want you to take a guess. How big do you think it was? Hold your hands out or pace out a distance in the park. Have you made your guess? Are you ready for the answer? BINAR-1 is, drum roll please, 10 centimetres long. That's about the size of a grown-up's hand from thumb to pinky finger, or about the size of half a loaf of bread. It's a type of satellite called a CubeSat because it's 10 centimetres long on every side, making it a cube. There's a couple of reasons to make your satellite so small. Making it smaller means it's easier to put together and fix, which is important when it's also your first go at making a satellite. It makes it cheaper as well, which is also important if you're just starting out. But most importantly, being small makes satellites easier to launch. The space station took many, many launches of the space shuttle to assemble in orbit. The James Webb Space Telescope took up a whole rocket with no room to spare. But because BINAR-1 was so small, it could just hitch a ride on spaceships that were already up there. It launched on board a regular space station supply mission alongside other science experiments, but also supplies of food, water, and air for the astronauts. So our little bread loaf-sized satellite shared its ride with some actual groceries on its way into space. Once it reached the space station, it still needed to actually get out there into space. The astronauts on board the space station loaded it into the Japanese experimental module's small satellite orbital deployer, which sounds impressive, but it's really just a big spring-loaded catapult that attaches to one of the space station's airlocks. When they open the door, the satellites inside it get kicked into space. So here's another question for you. How fast do you think it was moving when it was ejected from the station? I'll give you a hint. Start walking. Now a little bit faster. Almost a jog. 
and keep going at that speed. That's how fast Binar 1 was moving away from the space station. That might not seem very fast, but if you keep this pace up for a couple of months without stopping, with nothing up there to slow you down, I promise you'd be in a very different place to where you started. So that's why even though Binar 1 started as the space station's next door neighbour, they're now on opposite sides of the planet. That tiny little kick is enough to put it in its own unique orbit. Means a little satellite goes a long way. So how do you keep track of something that small when space is so big? Well, unfortunately we can't see Binar 1, but we can hear it. In fact, anyone with the right equipment can hear it. Binar 1 has a radio on board, and it transmits a signal down to Earth every 15 seconds. That signal is very short, and it's computer data rather than music or voices, but if we turn it into something we can hear, it sounds like a little break in the radio static. Binar 1 uses its radio to tell us when it's switched on and working, but there are going to be at least six more Binar satellites launched over the next few years, and they'll use their radios to send down data from experiments and to take commands from down here on Earth that anyone with the right kind of radio can listen to and join in with. But what science can you even do with a satellite that small? Well, tiny satellites are much more common and much more useful than you might think. It's only a little bit of space, but if you're clever about how you use it, you can still fit a whole lot of science inside it. If you imagine Binar 1 as, say, 10 slices of bread, the bottom three or four slices are taken up with batteries and computers and radios, all the stuff you need to make the satellite actually work. But the other six slices are free for us to put whatever we want into. Binar 1 was all about making sure that the satellite actually worked. But on future missions, that space is going to be filled with experiments. Cameras looking at the Earth and at the sky. Radiation detectors and other sensors. And even some school science projects from here in WA. So, what would you send to space? That's it for this episode of the Audio Guide to the Galaxy. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. And remember, a little bit of space can go a long way.